Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome to, or welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Going to be a pretty day today. Um, about 80. Wasn't so cold this morning. A light breeze. Just a lovely day. This is this is nice fall weather. This also happens to be good garden weather. Now we had that little some of us may have got a freeze or got really close to it. But if your stuff didn't freeze, this weather's gonna make it go crazy. This is really good gardening weather. Now we get a little warm on Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, mid eighties. That's bearable. We can live with that. And all the morning lows are above 50, so we shouldn't be looking at any freeze. Hopefully, the end of the week shows us a little bit of rain. Never having enough rain yet. We are still like six or eight inches behind for the year. And October was supposed to be one of our wet months. Wasn't. It wasn't. Now, what you can be doing in this cooler weather is to understand, because it's not 105 degrees, your plants are not going to need as much water in the first place. They will be able to use what they get, what they get, and they won't need more anywhere near as fast, okay? They're not under such a stress. Now, you still want to water properly. They still need water. But if I water and I give my turf grass the inch of water that it's expecting, let's say I got to use my sprinklers or drip or whatever, and I let it run and I do the slow soak and I let it make sure it doesn't run off and I let it soak in nice and deep and slowly, an inch of rain per week will make your turf grass thrilled. Seriously, that's all that your turf needs about an inch a week during these cooler temperatures, especially during the cooler nights. It's not like the summer where you wanted to water every day and you could probably get away with it because we were evaporating so much water at a time. That's not happening now. Water goes into the soil and it tends to stay in the soil. That's good. That's good. That makes your roots grow to where the water is, which makes the roots nice and long, which moves them into cooler soil for the summer, breaks up the soil so that it could absorb the water, the nutrients, the oxygen it needs. This is great. This is great weather. But... 
They still need water. If we're not getting rain, you need to check and see, is my soil got moisture in it? The best tool ever invented for checking the soil moisture is at the end of your arm. Stick a finger in the ground. Seriously, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know to be able to figure out, do I have enough water or not? So, it's cooler. Doesn't mean we go without rain. We still need rain. Still need to get that water out there. This is a great time because the plants are not so stressed to do a lot of your amendments too. If you haven't fertilized your turf for the winter, go do it. This is time to do it. If you want to boost your soil now, if you want to help it recover from that disastrous summer, this is the time to do things like molasses or soil activator or seaweed. Those things will really benefit the soil right now. They're not difficult to apply. Hose and sprayer, that's all you need. You can go out there and spray everything down once. People always ask, well, do I do these together or this or that? Look, pick one a month. This is the start of November. Maybe I do soil activator this month. At the start of December, hmm, that's when we start getting freezes. I'm going to do seaweed at the start of the month. January, there is a good time for molasses to get those nutrients in the soil. Let them make a difference and help that turf, help your soil rebuild itself. You don't have to do them all at once. And you don't have to do one this week, one next week. Work your way to slowly build up the nutrients your soil needs. This is a great time to do it. The outside temperatures are worthwhile. You're not going to go out and sweat 10 pounds off just standing there. You may actually have to put on a jacket. Those are simple ways to really improve your landscape. You can improve the landscape, the garden, the turf. Everything will turn around by doing things like those products. So if you're looking for something to do to help your grass around, to help the flowers that you still have, your trees, Try those things. Not much labor, doesn't take much time, and provides an awesome, awesome return on your investment. I like the low labor products because 
I don't have to put in a ton of work to get a bunch of good return from them. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, folks. <coughs> oh, sorry. Allergies are trying to drive me crazy here. You know, I got to remind everybody of something. You know what tonight is. Yeah, it's that night. Fall back time. We're going to kick the clock back. That means we may have some daylight in the morning. Unfortunately, (laughs) it will be quite dark by drive time at night. Going to be time change. Yeah, not going to argue with anybody about it. Plenty of people love it. Plenty of people are like, why do we do this? Don't care. It's a pain to try to adjust. I like the fact that almost all of the clocks that I have are digital now, and they automatically adjust. I don't have to go around and fix them, except for my coffee pot. It's like, come on, folks. Is there anything more important than coffee in the morning? And you want to mess with the clock? Oh, terrible. So we're going to have dark nights. They'll get quite dark in a hurry. And they're going to feel even darker because they're going to get colder. It's the rotation of the earth around the sun that causes these changes in seasons. We complained about summer. We just hated summer. It was like, please, when is this ever going to end? Well, congratulations, it ended. Now we're going to lose the light. And then in the spring, we'll switch back and be amazed at how late it stays bright out. But right now, it's going to get darker and darker at night, earlier and earlier. Can't do much about that. And no, I have no idea about all of the bills they tried to bring forth to end daylight savings time. It's always a big stink right about the time they change the hours but it's never big enough to actually make a change. Hmm. Not surprised there at all. Does it affect your gardening? Yeah, sort of. We have a lot of plants that vary their bloom and or fruit production based on the hours of daylight or darkness. For example, onions. Onions are what in Texas are called short day bulbs. 
meaning they're anticipating less than 12 hours of sunlight. <laughs> the less sunlight, as the hours start to decrease, that triggers a lot of our plants, a lot of our plants, to start turning colors. Our trees, the leaves change colors. Um, some of them are triggers to make the leaves fall off. But this change in, in the amount of sunshine, there really isn't any change because we change the time. We just make the sun start earlier in the day. I've been getting up in the morning and there is no sunlight for me to work before seven o'clock, sometimes later than that. All this means is that starting Sunday, I'll get up in the morning and I'll have sunshine at 6.30 as opposed to having to wait till 7.30. Not a big deal. We go through this always since Ben Franklin's brilliant idea. But our plants, it, they do get affected by the hours of daylight that shine on them. Poinsettias. Christmas cactuses, you need a certain amount of darkness for those to put on good blooms for you. Too much sun, they're never going to turn color. So that's, that's one of the things about, uh, that's one of the things about the time change and us moving into fall and winter. Until December 21st, give or take a couple hours, it's going to have less and less and less hours of darkness, excuse me, less hours of light till the 21st. Then the days start getting longer again. So we don't really have a long time before we start getting back in the sun. But remembering what the summer was like, I would be plenty happy if it stayed cool a little longer this year. And yes, for those people who own HVAC companies and had to... Uh, get a lot of maintenance in there, helping customers. I bet you love that summer. Well, how about we get next summer and it not be so hot? We'll trade you. Oh, a great, <clears throat> a great question. Our, uh, Someone sent me a picture of Fuyu persimmons. And they're asking, <clears throat> are they ready for picking? 
let's remember the rules with persimmons. There are two kinds, astringent and non-astringent. Astringent persimmons need to get a touch of frost to be sweet. Non-astringent persimmons can simply be picked when they're ripe. When are they ripe? When you squeeze them, they should be pretty firm. You shouldn't be able to squish them, but they also shouldn't be hard like a rock. Sorry, that is the best description I can give of it. If you ever have more than one fruit, and you don't know if they're ripe or not, sacrifice one. Pick it, cut it, taste it. If it's good, the others should be good. Fuyus, fortunately, are non-astringent persimmons. So you should be able to Sample those without worrying about what you're biting into. That good, rich orange color all the way through. Um, firm, not hard flesh. They may be ready to go. It's kind of hard to determine. And you almost have to pick some and taste them and figure out wow, this one's really good. Let me remember what it looked like for next year. I uh, was lucky this year. I got a lot of persimmons that started and they wound up falling off the tree. It was very disappointing. Normally, I get some persimmons that are immediately eaten by my birds. So I get to look at them sometimes. But that's about it. Um, folks, I need to break for the news. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 Hey, welcome back, everybody. Going to be uh, a decent day today. Temperatures are going to be good. Um, the temperatures should be good today. Should be pleasant. No rain. About a week. Maybe some rain next weekend. Maybe. That's too long. We uh, we really need better than that, okay? We need to get as much rain as we can, as much rain as we can to store up and stock up. We have no, no guarantees of any more rain in the spring. So we can only hope for it. 
can only hope for it. We need to build our soils back up. If we don't, and summer comes and surprises us, and we don't get rain, it's not a one step back. It'll be two steps back. It'll be horrid. So start working your soil. Get the carbohydrates into the soil, the molasses, the Medina soil activator. Build up all those microbiology things going on in the soil. They are the ones that help preserve water. They are the ones... They are the ones that make all the little gaps to allow water to store, to let nutrient get down into the root zone. And, you know, the roots need oxygen also. So all of those little nooks and crannies actually improve the soil. And when they improve the soil, the plants growing in them grow better. And the better the plant is growing, the more resistant it will be to another hot summer. Now, I'm saying resistant, okay? We, if we had another 105-degree summer like last summer, um, you could probably give up. It will just be two years in a row of that kind of weather. Drought and super high temperatures, man, it is going to be difficult to recover to recover our gardens. Our landscapes, we may have to change what we plant. We may need plants that don't mind that heat, that don't mind the drought. They don't need anywhere near as much water. I'm not a big fan of some of them, but it's that or nothing grows. So this is when we start really investigating the native plants of Texas. You know our native plants can provide unbelievably good color right we get uh, we get some really amazing um, blues we get unbelievable reds and oranges and yellows put these plants in place now because the native plants 105 isn't exactly their favorite temperature but they're much more adapted to it. They're much more able to deal with it than some of the plants we use. So let's uh, let's remember let's remember to work on getting ready for summer. Some of us have things to replace, repair, retrim. 
And some of us need to make tough decisions that, well, you know this plant? Man, it looks terrible. Just because it survived the summer doesn't mean it's doing particularly well now. And how long might it take for it to recover to look good again? Will it recover and look good before summer could hit us again? Tough, tough calls. But if we make them, we have less work for us, less work for us for this summer. And we can get by with less water. There is a technique called dry land farming. What it basically means is you plant plants that survive on what falls from the sky. Now, there are some tricks you can use when you shape your soil, when you build your rows, things like that. But you basically... Basically, you arrange to capture every drop you can into the soil that can support it. Dry land farming is what will help you survive the kinds of droughts that we've been through. It's not fun. I don't deny that at all. It can be a lot of work. But it's one way to improve your landscape, maintain those beautiful flower colors, and not have to worry so much about how much rain you're getting. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's going to be a nice day. Hopefully it's going to be a winning day, right? UT's playing today. If you're a UT fan... I know there are a lot of Kansas fans out here, too. We need to uh, enjoy the weather while we got it. For example, the weather's going to be perfect. No rain, moderate temperatures. This is the, okay, got to mow things. All right? I know a lot of folks. um, I know a lot of folks that haven't gotten to it because of all the rain. So how do you how do you fix that? Well, this weather should dry us out. Temperatures will be more than reasonable. More than reasonable. A light breeze that will get the swamp gone if you're not mowing because the ground's too wet. Unfortunately, this week's probably going to make you have to go out there and take care of it. But 
it'll look good. And because of these cooler temperatures, grass shouldn't, our, our St. Augustine, <clears throat> our, our St. Augustine, um, Bermudas, Zoysias, those shouldn't be growing as fast right now. They're getting close to their dormant point. And as such, <clears throat> with them going dormant, you won't have to mow as much. At least, that's theory. So if you can get a cut now, if you can get a cut now, you may not have to go back out there and cut it again for a little bit. It should slow down its growth a bit because of the cooler nights. We'll have to see. But I mowed some yesterday and I was behind. I had really tall grass I needed to take care of. I shouldn't have to worry about that again. I may have one more mowing cycle before the year's out, maybe. But uh, I think I'm going to get lucky and not have to worry about it. That'll be great for me. The only real spot that I needed to mow at all during the heat was the, the septic field. Grass grew pretty healthy over that. Like Irma Bombeck said, it's always greener over the septic field. But now that it's cooler, again, I shouldn't have to deal with that much. I shouldn't have to worry too much about it. I'm also looking at transplant time. I have a fig I want to transplant. Good time to do so. Cool temperatures, if I move it in the afternoon, um, that means it'll be dark quick and it won't have such stress from the sunshine. And I need to get it in place so it'll start setting roots quickly so that next, next spring it'll leaf out for me and hopefully this will be the year it decides to put on figs. I've had a real problem with it actually getting caught up on that. Um, it's been disappointing. But when it finally makes figs, it is a variety that is really, really tasty. It's considered a premium fig. So I know that someday, someday I'll get them. I have been without figs for several years now, since the freeze-pocalypse. My 40-plus-year-old fig tree did not survive. And it would produce 100 pounds of figs. Now I don't have any. So my younger trees, I really got to get them going and doing well. Because I want figs again. They are such a delicious, low-maintenance crop. Now, my citrus, unfortunately, hasn't bloomed. I have a feeling it will in the spring, 
but it did not bloom during the summer when it normally does. Can't blame it. It was so hot, right? But it's doing well. And I expect it to be covered with blooms again this spring. It's the best I can hope for. My pears and my plums, both of them flowered at the first rain of the fall. Yeah, the poor things were so confused. They didn't know what to do. That is no big deal. That's no big deal, folks. If they flower, they are not going to produce fruit at this point in the year. Doesn't matter. They're not going to fruit. They can flower, but they're not going to fruit. Once we get a frost, it'll knock all those blossoms off anyway. But they got so confused by the weather conditions, that's their reaction. When they get overstressed, they're going to try to bloom a little. My my pear and my plum, both of them, flowered. But they're not going to produce fruit. And then I had the good news I got yesterday, wandering around the yard, that my loquat is covered, covered with flower buds. And that's really promising, considering the beating we took in the heat this year. And it looks like I'm going to be able to get a bunch of flowers and hopefully fruit off of it this year. Unfortunately, while the heat hampered the uh, loquat, while it set it back, I still got to deal with cold. If we freeze hard, I'll lose all the fruit off of the loquat. So, got kind of this situation where I need a little bit of cold and not a lot and hopefully not a lot of heat again. Nothing like a Goldilocks plant, right, folks? It's perfect if you ever want to get a flower from it or a fruit. Unfortunately, we don't get perfect. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, Coming up on the top of the hour to break for the news, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Remember, set your clocks back. I will talk to you all tomorrow at 8 a.m. Have a great day.